Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Today, our topic is a simple one. It's entitled, Two Proverbs to Live By. The learning objective at the end of today's podcast is that you will actually learn to pursue four things that fulfill four desires of the human heart from the Holy Scriptures. If this is your first time at Edge Got In podcast, welcome. You can find more information about our podcast at edgegodin.com. With each podcast, we also place the scriptures that we use as well as a one sheet that you can print out and capture your learnings. As mentioned before, there are many groups that will choose different topics, which you can choose a topic or choose a word and do a, a scan on the actual topics. I think there's like 200 and something topics now, but put a word in and see if you can find a podcast that gives you some insight on a topic that the Holy Spirit's laying on your heart. And many groups are getting together and creating their own topical Bible studies using the printout one sheet. So feel free to do that as well. Edgegodin.com. Just a little background on Edge God In. The mission of Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. Our foundational verse is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. That means we have a choice point, my friends. And do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. And the yoke of slavery comes in many different forms. It's never the same for each person exactly. Yet there's always an emotional component to the yoke of slavery, which is why Edge Got In has quickly become the voice of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project. And you can visit us there at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We're still offering a discount on our summer course, which is Emotional Intelligence in Christ to give you the ability to become the boss of your emotions rather than Satan hijacking them for his purposes of disconnect, lack of peace, confusion, all kinds of below-the-line experiences in our emotions. It's time that we wake up, my friends, and take hold of all that Jesus Christ of Nazareth has taken hold of us for. So at Emotional Intelligence in Christ, you'll find different resources there, including the course, the Emotional Intelligence in Christ course, which will give you an overview, as well as some tools to be able to master your emotions with the help of the Holy Spirit. The definition that we use uh, that truly, I believe, has been given to us to be able to share at Emotional Intelligence in Christ is this, that emotional intelligence in Christ is the activation of the Holy Spirit within us to help us do two things, discern and manage our personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. I don't know about you, but there are many days I wake up with the best intentions 
to show up for Jesus, to be an ambassador for Christ, to allow him to make his appeal through me and to be used for his kingdom, to carry the torch, to lift high the name, to march through the darkness with the light of his name until I run into a human being <laughs> who happens to be a peace stealer because the triggers Satan uses to take me out of that sense of peace. And then my emotions get involved. And that's when things start to go down the dark hole of thinking. We are called to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And this is a job for Jesus, my friends, which is why we were moved to launch the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project. So join us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Getting back to today's topic, two proverbs to live by. Hmm. They're pretty simple. And I've been meditating on these proverbs for a couple weeks now. Finally, was moved by the Holy Spirit to pull together some of the thoughts around it um, that God has been bringing up for me in my life. So perhaps there's going to be something here for you. And when you're attentive with the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit to help you to lean in, give the Holy Spirit permission to bump you into the information that I'll share today. That's for you. There's no mistake, my friends, that you are listening in today. God has something for you. I believe that with all of my heart. And I pray that for you, that you will be able to be awake and attentive to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's wisdom and discernment and guidance to help you to stand firm, to not let anything move you, and to have clarity of focus for accuracy or response around four things that fulfill four desires that we carry around in the human heart. And they're laid out pretty clearly in two Proverbs from the scriptures that I will be sharing today. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to give us some guidance with this topic and the conversation name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sweet Jesus, I know if you don't show up and you don't become the Lord of my mouth and my thoughts and anything that you'd like to drop into me for those people that are listening in today to lighten their load, you are the master of our emotions as well as those burdens that we carry on our journey. And you desire to relieve us of that, to come beside us, to walk with us. Give us the grace of surrender today to the words that are found in the scripture that give us an invitation to pursue specific things in our lives on a daily basis. There's so many shiny objects out there, sweet Jesus, that we get hijacked so quickly away from the original intention that you continue to allow our heart to beat for, your purposes. You, We are your handiwork created in you to do good works, which you prepared in advance for us to do. And the way that you do your good works within our heart, soul, mind, actions throughout every day is as we surrender ourselves and pursue these four specific directives and invitations every single day. So we pray for your grace, Lord. Perhaps we take one of these every day and just devote a day to focus on it. Either way, we desire to grow closer to you. 
because that in you we are free, and it is for freedom that you have set us free. Help us to stand firm and not allow ourselves to be burdened by the yoke of slavery that comes through our thinking about the thoughts that you plant within our mind. Help us to stop thinking and to allow the thoughts to direct us from the Holy Spirit in our minds to do the next good work that you're calling us to do. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, my friends, let's jump into this. These are two Proverbs that, like I mentioned, I've been meditating upon for a couple of weeks now, and they it, they cross over each other, and which is which is kind of cool, and often does in in the Bible. I, I often find when there's a point that God wants to get across in your life, it, there's a lot of repetition that happens. You come across one verse and has the same theme, differently phrased, and then all of a sudden, Shazam! There's another verse that comes along with the same theme, and so God is the Hound from Heaven, and He adores you. Just in case you were wondering today. God adores you. Wherever you are at, he sees you. If you were to cease to think of you today, you would cease to exist. So know this, God is thinking about you today, loves and adores you, and has plans for your life. He desires to weave within your mind and your heart the depth of his love for you and purposes for you, so much so that we actually disappear, which is why we, in the sense, meaning ego, edging God out, that part of us that needs to own, control, possess, analyze, interpret, and conclude in order to feel safe. In reality, my friends, our safety lies in one thought. God adores us, and he has incredible plans for us in our lives. It's why Jesus said those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for me will find it. What will a man gain if he profit, if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? May we seek the things of God more today than yesterday. And here's some guidance. These are some specific areas that we're called to pursue. Why? Because they fulfill four desires of the human heart. The first one comes from Proverbs 22, 4. And it says, humility and the fear of the Lord bring honor, wealth, and life. Humility and fear of the Lord bring honor, wealth, and life. Let's chunk this down. What is humility? And what's behind its power to bring honor, wealth, and life? Humility, the definition simply put, is a modest or lower view, low view of one's own importance. As we focus on the importance of God and God's greatness, in our life, something starts to happen. Humility starts to bubble up to the front lines. We think less about ourselves. And have you ever noticed that when you think less about yourself, 
happiness expands in peace and joy? That's our natural state of being, by the way. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's our natural state of being. It's when we start thinking about the thoughts that God plants within our mind that unhappiness starts to take root between our two ears. Which is why Romans 12 says about our thoughts that as we if we want to, if we want a sense of true freedom to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and to not pursue the things or think about the things of the world but to take captive those thoughts and to toss ourselves into the greatness of God mother teresa described it as this she said as i remember my smallness in god's bigness, I disappear in the sense of the ego part of me needing to be seen, acknowledged, recognized, all of that, and happiness returns or joy returns. And that is our natural state of being. So the smaller we become, it's John, it's John the Baptist prayer, dear God, I must become less so that he must, I must decrease so that he must increase. So the humility that we're invited to in Proverbs 22 verse 4, chapter 22, verse 4, is the same humility that that caused John the Baptist to say that. I must decrease so that you must increase. So my coaching question to you today is pretty simple. How are you decreasing so that God can increase in your life today? What does that look like for you? What are you doing on a daily basis to toss yourself like a drop of water in the endless ocean. And it's the ocean that sustains us. As Mother Teresa said, like a fish in water, you're engulfed with the love of God. It is so huge, which is why Jesus mentioned, if you want to find your life, lose it. And the kind of life he was referring to when he said that is lose your focus on yourself. Stop thinking about yourself. If you think about, <laughs> if you let the thoughts kind of roam through your head during a day, how many thoughts do you have about God and how many thoughts do you have about yourself? Is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? It's kind of an interesting coaching question to just camp on for a moment. If you just take an, an average day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, how many thoughts do you have about yourself versus how many thoughts do you have about God? And the invitation of humility is to expand our thoughts about God's greatness and to remind ourselves of our smallness, not in a self-deprecating way at all. In fact, you find your life, as Jesus says, as you lose it, as you stop thinking about yourself. Stop thinking about what other people think of you. Stop thinking about where you stand in terms of the, the ladder of climbing the ladder. Many times we'll climb the corporate ladder and it's, lean, it's, it's leaning up against the wrong building. It's not even the building that God is calling us to, to enter into in terms of our professional life. Is have you have we have you paused to ask God, is this where you want me to spend my time and attention and talents right now? 
God has an amazing ability to cause restlessness in the human heart when we're not where we want, where he wants us to be. And if we're open to that prayer, dear God, if I'm not supposed to be here using my talents in this area, then I give you permission to make me very uncomfortable so that I can move to where you want me to be. Less of me, more of you. I don't want to say one word, think one thought, step into one action, unless I've consulted with you, because I know how huge you are, how great you are, and how small I am. Who am I to say, oh, I'm going to this city or I'm doing that and going to spend time here and travel there, as Paul says. What is your life? You are but a breath that appears and disappears. Someone once described it as hairspray. There I go. And that's repeated several times throughout the scriptures of how quickly we're just literally as the grass is here today and gone tomorrow. So all the more, my friends, we must embrace and step into and clothe ourselves with humility, a modest, low view of ourselves, not not a self-deprecating view of ourselves. Um, But it's actually very empowering because the less you think of yourself and the more you think of God, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit the fruits of the spirit start to take the front line of your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I was just speaking with a client today and gave him the invitation. A lot's been written on this. Don't believe everything you think is one of the phrases that's been used throughout time because you're, you're thinking about your thoughts can be very deceptive. So when you are seeking humility, the less you think about your thoughts, the greater the space is for God's voice to speak. Because you might have a thought about something and it's fine until you start thinking about it. And that's when all kinds of darkness slither in and serpents slither in the back door. So be present to the thoughts that God gives you and then leave it at that. It's when we start thinking about the thoughts. Well, I have a thought uh, to go pursue a give back project today. But when we start thinking about that thought, oh, I'm really busy. I've got too much to do. I can't stop by and buy flowers for this one person I know who's grieving, or I can't do this. I can't do that. That's when we start thinking about it. And that's where God's plans are thwarted. So see how many thoughts you can have without thinking about them. And just ask the simple coaching question. When you have a thought, dear God, what do you want me to do with this? Is there any action you want me to take on this? Because I must decrease and you must increase. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring honor, wealth, and life. What is the fear of the Lord exactly? It's a reverent awe of God. As we fear God, we become free from all satanic fears, not enoughness, scarcity mindset, comparison, looking shifty eyes, looking from side to side, who's doing what, where do I stand, fear of FOMO, fear of missing out. Having a reverent awe of God, reverent awe of God. As that, that's what the fear of the Lord is. We're not talking about like jumping out like, ah, you scared me, God. We're talking about a reverent awe of God. As we fear God, we become free from all satanic fears, not enoughness, scarcity of mind, all of the things that, that we think about. There we go again. All of the things that we think about right? God will put a thought in our mind. Hey, um, I'd like you to write a book. And that's just a thought. 
but it's thinking about the thought that creates the self-doubt. So thinking about the thought that creates fear, lack of confidence, scarcity mindset. So first and foremost, discern your thoughts and place them at the foot of the cross, having a reverent awe of God. Dear God, I had this thought. Do you want me to pursue this? Because I give you authority over all of my thoughts. I don't want to think one more thought unless it's from you. So as we step in and clothe ourselves with humility and the fear of the Lord, we're told in Proverbs 22.4 that it brings three things, honor, wealth, and life. Well, what does that mean? If we're on a daily basis praying John the Baptist's prayer, more of you, God, less of me, help me to stop thinking and help me to have one thought. You love me and you have plans for my life to do good. So lead me on, Lord, more of you, less of me. And the fear of the Lord, a reverent awe of God. He's bigger than anything you feel is overcoming you or bigger than you. Pursuing these two things, humility and the fear of the Lord, we're, we are told in the scriptures, with, which is sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing heart, soul, and marrow, that they fulfill a human desire of the human heart. We actually have a desire for honor. We have a built-in godly desire for wealth and life. As Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. God desires to give us that honor, that wealth, that life that we're constantly seeking. We just are seeking it through the archway of the ego, from our own self-focus, self-needs, lack of you know scarcity mindset. God is calling us out of ourselves into him, his greatness, like a drop of water in the big, vast ocean. Just allow yourself to float in the power of God in your life. So what is honor? The kind of honor that we're talking about here is, if you're looking at the noun, actually, of honor, it's adherence to what is right. There is right and there is wrong, according to God's way. And it's being aware of what that is. How do we find out? Reading the scriptures. God's pretty clear. Reading the four gospels. Jesus is very clear on how he showed up. God loves us right where we're at. There is no mistake about that. And he loves us enough not to leave us there. So it's honor, the kind of honor that we really seek is to know that we're doing what's right. That's woven within our DNA, within our spiritual DNA, to know what's right. And you, and you know what's right and you know what's wrong because you get that feeling. God's given an alarm system when we do something that, eh, it's a little bit on the shadow side. You can expect the loving hand of God to correct and, and discipline those he loves, as Paul says. He disciplines those he loves. You don't feel very good. So, we're, so honor is something that we naturally seek to do what is right. The verb part of honor, which is the action part, is to regard with great respect or to fulfill an obligation. So what is our obligation? This is woven within us. This is what we want. We want to be able to be in right standing with God and to honor God and to regard to regard him with great respect and to fulfill our obligation. That's what that's another definition of honor is to fulfill an obligation. What is our obligation? Second Corinthians 520. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. 
created in Christ Jesus to do to for him to do his mighty works through us, created in God for him to do his mighty mighty works through us. You are therefore Christ's ambassadors, and he is making his appeal through you for his glory, not ours. We actually have woven into our spiritual DNA a desire for that honor to fulfill our obligation to serve Christ. So what about wealth? What is wealth? When I say wealth, that when you're pursuing humility and the fear of the Lord, that brings honor, wealth, and life. What is the first thing that pops up in your mind? Perhaps it's the almighty dollar. Perhaps it's freedom. Perhaps it's uh, flexibility. The different definitions, many different people based on their experiences uh, will have different definitions of wealth. Simply put, it's having a plentiful supply of a particular resource. Our soul seeks a plentiful supply that's already given to us of a particular resource. God's guidance, love, and peace. That's what we really want. It's connection and meaning. Meaning and significance, our basic need, is fulfilled through God's presence in our life. He sees you and you matter. He adores you. So much so he doesn't want to leave us where we're at. He's constantly beckoning us on. Come on over here. This place will lighten the load. You'll be a lighter version of yourself. Just let go of that thought or that thinking about that thought. Focus on this thought, this scripture. Humility and fear of the Lord bring honor, wealth, and life. So wealth is having a plentiful supply. That's the kind of wealth we're talking about, a plentiful supply of God's guidance, love, and peace. Those who pursue humility and fear of the Lord, guess what? That's the fulfillment of that deep desire for wealth. And what about life? That's the third component here in Proverbs 22.4. Bring honor, wealth, and life. Well, Jesus answers that. He's the answer to that. That's, that's what we're truly seeking, our, our, our spiritual deepest desire, is to be in relationship with our Creator. Regardless of, of how we wander out into the world, really our deepest, deepest desire is to be in relationship with our Creator, who loved us so much that He sent His Son. I love Christianity, and I studied all the different religions. Christianity has really hit home with me, simply because it's the one religion where God comes down to man. The other religions, it's man reaching up to God. All kinds of different rituals and uh, different methods to, to reach up to God, to reach certain levels of freedom. Whereas Christianity, for God so loved the world that he gave and came down to man. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, have it to the full. Before that, it says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, what is he killing, stealing, and destroy late, destroying lately? He's killing, he's killing our sense of purpose. He's destroying our peace. And he's stealing our identity. Because then we're confused. And we don't remember what one of our deepest desires is to be in relationship with our Creator. And God made that possible through His Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So here we have that wraps up Proverbs 22, verse 4. Humility and fear of the Lord bring honor, wealth, and life. Let's move 
to Proverbs 21, 21. He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, there's life again, prosperity and honor. So life and honor are, are repeated in Proverbs 21, 21. We've already talked about life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is life. The soul comes alive when it remembers the depth of love that God has for it by sacrificing his one and only son to cleanse us of all those things that separate us from God, or more popularly known as sin. And so that's life. He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Righteousness is simply right standing with God. So that's another invitation to pursue righteousness, right standing with God. Draw near to God, my friends, and he will draw near to you. I love the simplicity of James 4.8. What are you doing on a daily basis to draw near to God? As we increase our intentionality around doing those things to draw us closer to God and letting go of those things that aren't producing any fruit from God and drawing near to God, he draws near to us every single time. He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Righteousness is right standing with God. What are you doing to draw near to God today? And love, we come to love. First John, toward the end of the New Testament, toward the end of the Bible, if you haven't had a chance to read First John, it's a little book, a couple chapters. The theme is love. It's all on love. First Corinthians 13 also describes what love, what the kind of love we're talking about. It's beautiful. First Corinthians 13, love is patient. It's kind. It's humble. It's gentle. It doesn't seek to satisfy its own needs. It seeks to satisfy the needs of others. Love is an action word. It's a verb. Love is what constantly draws us away from the ego, edging God out. As we walk through the archway of love, that's where we become free. As you know yourself to be loved and adored by God, as you know that he is inviting you to have a personal relationship with himself through his son, Jesus Christ, as he invites you to offer a prayer of surrender, dear Lord, I've definitely done those things that draw me away from you. Forgive me. I want to know you. I want to know your son. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. And as you surrender your life, your mind, your will, your emotions, and toss it into the lap of Christ humbly, like a drop, one drop of water into an endless ocean of his love, you get consumed. And love is, is the ramification of that experience. 1 Corinthians 13 and the book of 1 John, if you want to learn more about love. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, and it never fails. John 3.16 was the ultimate gift of love, for God so loved 
And this is a verb. He took action that he gave. He gave you, my friend, his son. I remember one time in college, they asked me to cross out um, the world and put my name, for God so loved Lauren that he gave his only begotten son for Lauren. As Lauren believes in him, And he and her, obviously, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, as she believes in him, the ramification of that is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave you, his only begotten son, that those who believe in him will live beyond this physical world. One heartbeat stops here, one heartbeat starts there. Let's move to the last phrase that we haven't covered in Proverbs 21, 21. He who pursues righteousness, right standing with God and love, finds life, prosperity, and honor. We've already covered life. We've already covered honor, prosperity. It's a desire in the soul of every human being to prosper, and God desires to prosper us. There are so many. Just look up verses on prospering. God desires to prosper you. If you're questioning that, just do a search. Biblical verses on prospering. What does prosperity mean? It's actually pretty simple. It comes from the Latin word prosperous, and it means doing well. Keeping God's peace in one's heart. Doing well. How do we do well? It's a loop, my friends. It goes back to being humble maintaining the fear of the Lord, pursuing righteousness, right standing in God, and love. So these are the four things that we're called to pursue between the two Proverbs, Proverbs 22.4 and Proverbs 21.21. My homework for you, or school practice, is to write out these two Proverbs, Proverbs 22.4 and Proverbs 21.21 and memorize them, and then allow the Holy Spirit to let them take root within you. Dear God, give me the grace to pursue humility, the fear of you, righteousness, and love, knowing that as I pursue these things, a modest view of myself, as I meditate upon your greatness in my life, more of you, less of me, as I stand in reverent awe of you, God. I become free from Satan's efforts to confuse me and to toss me into the scarcity mindset. And as I stand in right standing with you, I'm more conscious about what I'm doing with my time and my focus during the day to draw near to you. And then I'm able to love well because I know myself to be loved by you. And this results in the three things my soul really, really, truly seeks, honor, wealth, life, and prosperity. So give us the grace, dear God, to pursue humility, fear of you, righteousness, and love. And thank you that as we increase our ability to expand humility, fear of you, righteousness, and love, that we will fulfill the four desires within our human heart. 
honor, wealth, life, and prosperity. Have your way with us, Lord, in spite of ourselves, and teach us in these areas. These are four things, dear God, that we can think about every day that satisfy four deep desires within our heart. We desire to be free. You have set us free, Lord. Give us the grace not to go back to the chains of our mind, of our ego, of edging you out, but set us free. It is for freedom that you have set us free. Give us the grace to stand firm and not allow ourselves to be burdened by the yoke of slavery that comes from self-focus and thinking too much. Help us to have one thought and meditate on that thought. You love and adore us. Thank you, Lord, for this time today. Make these Proverbs come alive in our lives, that we would make you recognizable to the world around us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Give them heaven out there, you guys. There's enough of the dark side. And I don't know if I mentioned this or not, uh, the the code. I don't think I, I don't think I'm remembered to give you the code for a 50% off discount on the Emotional Intelligence in Christ course that you can find at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Please feel free to use it at checkout for the course, 50% discount. It is EIC2023. EIC2023. If that one doesn't work, because I know we've changed it a few times, try EIC23, but I believe it's EIC2023. And you can always reach out with any questions as well, because you can contact us at Edge Got In, as well as Emotional Intelligence in Christ. We love hearing from you. Enjoy your gift of life, and I look forward to our next podcast together. Give them heaven out there.